Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us as we wrap up the week. Of course, our thoughts and prayers with all those in the path of Hurricane Florence, and uh, we hope everyone will be safe. But uh, very dangerous situation for sure that we'll keep an eye on here through the weekend. Meanwhile, a lot of other things going on. This has been an interesting week with the Farm Bill. We knew it was a critical week. I don't know if you could say it's been a positive week or not. Uh, The president is weighing in, and he is uh, blaming uh, Senator Stabenow, the ranking member of the Senate Ag Committee, for this thing not getting done. And then you have some back and forth uh, from uh, Senator Stabenow to the president and the House Ag Committee Chair Mike Conway weighing in on it as well. We're going to get into all that in the next segment with Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you could say they're closer to getting it done or not. Seemingly, there has been some things worked out and when the big four have been talking, but uh, now you interject all this, and we'll see what happens. We had the USDA numbers this week, still getting reaction to them. And looking at markets, we'll talk with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. And, of course, uh, here in the Midwest, the weather is ideal for harvest and more and more harvesting going on each day. We're going to talk with Chad Colby with Colby Ag Tech in Atlanta, Illinois, that's near Bloomington, Central Illinois, and get a harvest update for that area. But first, we're going to talk with Jarrett Renshaw, National Energy Markets reporter for Reuters, because there is a big push going on right now by the renewable fuels industry to try to get the uh, administration to grant year-round E15 sales. And Jarrett, this is quite a social media push that's going on today. For sure, for sure. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they have been uh, uh, been very loud the last uh, months. I mean, they've been loud about this issue for some time, but considerably louder in the last uh, few weeks. I think they they they're, they feel that the president may be boxed in a little bit by his own comments that were close. But, uh, I mean, i got to tell you, I, I'm not so sure how close they are. Um, I, have, I have no reason to believe, you know, as we stand here today, that we're any closer to getting E15 than we were you know, months ago, um, I, I don't, I don't necessarily see a clear path to this just yet emerging. Um, so, I, I do think keeping the pressure on is probably a smart way to go about it. But I'm not so sure at the end of the day that it's it's going to have any material impact. And other than yeah, it would be a great uh, symbolic move right now if an announcement was made. Great for the renewable fuels industry, certainly, uh, because that's something they've wanted for some time. But you know, quite frankly, now with the E15 sales about to be allowed again, it really won't wouldn't take effect or impact other than psychologically till next summer. Sure, there's certainly a, as we as we've talked about before, there's certainly a big political impact of announcing it um, ahead of the November elections, and I think most people understood that the uh, there was not even even during the summer. You know, there's some it, it's not going to have immediate uh, demand impact anyway. I think. Um, you know, the, the hope is that it, it incentivizes folks to build some more infrastructure, knowing that they can have the reliability of selling it year-round. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I think there is also a psychological part of that as well. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think the, the biofuel folks were banking, even if it was ahead of the summer, that this was going to be some, some huge uh, impact to their bottom line. Um, but they, I do think they see it as a, a, a huge impact to their, their broader demand uh, picture. 
But indeed, could be a boost, uh, you know, a political boost going into the November elections. However, we keep hearing that the, the administration wants to give something to the oil industry if they grant the E15 sales year-round. Any uh, idea what that might be, what they could be looking at on that side of it, Jarrett? Sure. Well, to me, there's, there's two parts of this. One is, well, I guess the, what I'm hearing is that I think that the administration would be okay with doing it as a standalone without a deal, but I think they believe, rightly or wrongly, that that would have some negative political consequences for Ted Cruz and perhaps some other Pennsylvania uh, uh, candidates in tough races. So I think they're, they're unwilling at this point, or at least the, the guidance is that don't do that because um, you can't, you can't ha- hand Ted Cruz a loss ahead of a, a, a tough election for him. So that's one part of it. And the second part, the deal, um, the most the, the, the most frequently talked about has been some kind of price cap, a 60-cent price cap is what I'm hearing most mostly. Um, you know, attaching rents to exports, I believe, is off the table, at least for now. Um, and um, my sense is biofuel folks, A, don't like the price cap, and B, they don't feel like they have to give anything ahead of the November election. So I think as much as they would like to get some action, I, I think they'd be content with staying put and hoping that the pressure of the elections changes the way of thinking in terms of a standalone E15 waiver. That, you know, these things are pretty fluid, and things change day to day, and sometimes, you know, I might not be getting the whole picture, but that, that's kind of how I feel the snapshot is right now. We're talking with Jarrett Renshaw with Reuters. Jarrett, you've been doing some reporting on a situation with Canada buying some ethanol. What's going on there? Well, actually, what we've been doing is that we've been tracking um, ADM, uh, obviously the, the number two ethanol producer uh, in the U.S., and uh, they've been selling really heavy into Chicago, um, substantially, substantially volumes into Chicago, and that has, um, that has led uh, Canadian Railway, Canadian uh, National Railway, I'm sorry, um, to place an embargo on volumes heading into that Chicago market because the congestion is um, just too much. Mm. And, uh, you know, we don't have a very clear picture to what is all going on, but it all points to a real supply glut of ethanol. Um, and, and uh, you know, this comes, as, you know, as export markets are not as reliable as they were last year amid with all these trade wars and with China specifically. So, you know, I think these are just further signs that, you know, the U.S. is swimming in ethanol right now, and um, there's fewer and fewer places to park it outside the country. So, therefore, it's they're moving volumes into uh, the trading hub of Chicago and, that has its own consequences uh, in terms of price and margins for, for producers across the country. You know, it, we've talked about this before, but the administration, through its officials, uh, even the president, continually puts out there that they're getting close to this E15 announcement. So they keep ramping up the expectations, and then when that doesn't happen, you know, they, they kind of keep setting themselves up for all this uh, pressure to be put on them to get it done. No doubt, um, and I think that's that's certainly the view of the biofuel folks. They they feel that uh, the president has made this announcement, made the, not only committed himself to biofuels, committed himself to supporting the ethanol industry. He has come to Iowa and said that we're close. And um, as we have seen in other instances, there's what the president says and kind of what his staff believes is, is the truth. Sometimes there's some some distance between those two things, and you know this could be one of those instances. But I have every reason to believe that the president wants to do it and wants to have a big announcement in Iowa. The question is, how do you get there? Um, and it's 
my understanding that the staff is posing some obstacles and, and giving him different advice than perhaps what he's saying publicly at rallies and things of that nature. So, you know, ultimately it comes down to him, right? I mean, he, he could choose whatever path he wants. Um, I have no reason to believe he's going to do it standalone, and I have no reason to believe at this point that the biofuel industry is going to come to the table and, and, and give some concessions in, in, in this particular environment. So I, I think we're standing in mud. Yeah. Yeah. We'll stay tuned on this one. That's for sure. Jarrett, thanks for the update. Hey, no problem. Take care. Jarrett Renshaw, National Energy Markets Reporter for Reuters. All right. President Trump says Senate Ag Committee Ranking Member Debbie Stabenow is intentionally hamstringing the conference talks on the farm bill. We'll talk about that and more with Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications. Where do we stand on this farm bill right now? We'll find out next on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, even money-saving, just like FDA-approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit fda.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. To try Power Swabs risk-free, call 866-504-0276. That's 866-504-0276. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 866-504-0276. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, 
the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. Information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. House's version of the new work requirements for SNAP recipients. Meanwhile, House Ag Committee Chair Mike Conaway has says says about Stabenow, she's got to come to the table. And so far, from my perspective, I'm not getting the kind of negotiating out of her that gets us to a deal. Uh, Stabenow has responded that. Um, I'm not going to let politics distract me from working across the aisle to finalize a good bill that will deliver certainty for farmers and families in Michigan and across the country. Well, let's talk with Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications. Phil, this doesn't sound like a, a, a happy group of campers here to get this farm bill done. Where, where are we at? Is it, is it better behind the scenes than what we're seeing and hearing publicly? I think you're. I think that a lot of that's reflecting what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, we still got a lot of dodge, you know, dodging and weaving here. Um, trying to get to the maximum leverage. You have uh, Chairman Conaway is in a situation where, you know, he could lose control of the House in November and may not be chairman. His his uh, so his leverage may be diminishing a, a, a bit by the day. Uh, on the other hand, uh, which which gives uh, Debbie Stabenow a strong hand. On the other hand, you saw the president step in yesterday uh, and uh, blame her for stalling the bill. That uh, is the implication of uh, Chairman Conaway's remark as, remarks as well. So they're they're trying to get leverage over each other. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's very much uh, it's very much Conaway versus Stabenow. I think behind the scenes as well as in public, it's actually burst out in public in the last couple of days. Yeah, Chairman Conaway said the responsibility for passing a farm bill rests with the big four. That's himself, Chairman Conaway, Ranking Member Peterson, and on the Senate side, Chairman Roberts and Ranking Member Stabenow. And Conaway went on to say, if we cannot deliver that, then the reasons why need to be fully vetted so that farmers understand exactly who supports them and who doesn't? That sounds like somebody already kind of uh, working on political cover for this thing not getting passed and, and wanting to make sure who gets assigned uh, blame and or credit in this situation. Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, and again, it goes to uh, Conaway needs that leverage to be able to, to uh, have the farmers blame Stabenow's blame the Democrats for their not banning the farm bill. Um, on the other hand, obviously the Democrats uh, want to, to blame the Republicans uh, uh, for it, uh, for insisting on the, uh, these uh, food stamp work requirements. So, yeah, it's very much, uh, at this point, trying to set the, the other side up as the, 
uh, for the blind. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, we talk about a September 30th deadline or a end of December deadline. Really, what everybody seems to be looking at are those November elections. <laughs> exactly right. That might be the real deadline, the election in the November. But that's uh, that's certainly the backdrop to uh, backdrop to this jockeying that's going on. We're talking with Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications. He uh, covers this farm bill. Uh, uh, he's right on top of it there every day. Uh, Phil, is it just the nutrition title, or have they got things, any agreements on conservation and some of the other areas that have also become sticking points? Uh, no, they have not. There are some major issues in conservation and the commodity title. Uh, there's some issues going on with uh, changes in the uh, price loss coverage program, the major commodity programs. Um Base acres yield a yield update, um, and I think there's big struggles over how to how to pay for that. So that's an issue. Uh, you have some issue with paying for uh, the uh, energy programs, which are funded in the Senate bill but not the House bill. Uh, so at least uh, with those uh, four titles, we're talking about commodity, conservation, nutrition, and energy. Uh, you've got outstanding issues. So I it. Well, again, you're closer to it than I am, but it sure does not sound like it's going to get done by the end of this month. I don't see how it could possibly get done that quickly. We're, we're talking two more weeks. Uh, the House is uh, out next week, and as you see, there's still a lot of positioning uh, going on. And uh, when, when you start seeing this go public, then you, uh, then you know things aren't going that well uh, behind behind closed doors meanwhile we're already seeing some ag senators really starting to wade even more into the trade uh issues and trying to put some pressure on the administration to get trade deals done uh i mean it just shows they've got so many things on their plate right now uh and we've seen a pattern this farm bill kind of get pushed off pushed off anyway uh you can see that continuing to happen uh you can uh I think Republicans certainly saw this farm bill. There is there is an increased focus on it as, this, as the trade issue kept boiling, uh, and those concerns about the president's trade policy uh, kept growing. You saw this increased uh, interest by Republicans in getting a farm bill passed. Um, so that's still that's still at play, but obviously trade is the the biggest single concern out in farm country and uh, right now and. Sure, you that uh, members of Congress are, are aware of that, and hence, uh, hence the uh, pressure on the administration to to get some kind of resolution with uh, Canada and uh, China in particular. Okay, uh, let's 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 play the game here, and I want to get your best best thoughts on this. Farm bill gets done September end of September, end of December, or we have an extension. Which of the three is most likely in your in your mind? <laughs> But uh, no better after uh, next week. Um, I think if you the best bet might be actually December, and I'll tell you, I continue to think that uh, in part because I just don't think um, a lot of the uh, folks want to uh, go into a new Congress with all the uncertainty that would create uh, with the new farm bill. Uh, Republicans are not the House. Republicans are not 
going to get a better farm bill next year than what they're going to get this year. They just can't. Um, it, they may very well lose control of the House, and even if they retain control of the House, they're likely to have a very, very slim majority. They're, just, they're not going to get a better bill than what, they've, uh, what they can get this year. So I, I think there's a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of interest in um, Republicans in getting something done by December before they leave, and that's uh, that's the hard deadline. Yeah, I kind of lean that way as well, thinking that it's more apt to be that choice by the end of uh, December. Uh, I mean, politically, it could be, like you say, next year it could be a whole new world, right? I mean, everything could be different. Right. You have, a, you have a, presumably Colin Peterson to be chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, but he's going to have a whole bunch of new members. Uh, you have uh, Jim McGovern, who's uh, from Massachusetts, who's in line to be chairman of the Rules Committee. The Rules Committee is, is very important because it's uh, part of the leadership decides what amendments get debated on the floor. And if you have a farm bill on the floor in the next Congress and the Democrats are in charge of the House, you're going to have a different mix of amendments that get debated. And, and even those could be right. And even if the Republicans uh, retain control, it's probably not going to be a stronger majority. In fact, it could be a, a, a weaker majority. And uh, we've seen how much trouble they've had getting things done the way it is now, so it would seem to be even harder moving forward, even if they keep oh, uh, control of both. That is absolutely true. True, you're going to empower uh, individual members who may want to go after a, a want to try to cut farm programs or cut crop insurance. Uh, so your margin is just that much. Uh, uh, the margin that you have to work with is so thin. Yeah, a lot on the line here. Now, that being said, as you said, we need to wait till next week because we've seen this before. All of a sudden, boom, they they, they figure something out and they get it, get it done. But right now, it's not looking that way. We will see. Phil, as always, thanks for the update. Great reporting. We'll talk to you again soon. Oh, great to be here. Thanks. Philip Brasher with AgriPulse Communications. All right, we had uh, USDA numbers out this week. Uh, harvest is uh, really getting going. Let's talk markets with Arlen Suderman with the INTL FC Stone next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. For the grain and oil seed sector on this Friday, we are rallying in the wheat futures 5 to 8 cents higher, but near unchanged in corn and soybeans. 
Grain prices closed lower Thursday as traders continued digesting the surprising results from Wednesday's USDA monthly supply-demand report, the agency raising its estimate for domestic corn production. Hurricane Florence making landfall in North Carolina early Friday. Analysts say the weather could impact meat demand this weekend. Hog slaughter on this Friday estimated at 403,000 head compared to a week ago, 461,000 head. Forecasters say it can't be emphasized enough. The most serious hazard will be heavy rainfall and flooding. Cash cattle trade remains essentially undeveloped on the week. We should see something shake loose on this Friday. In live cattle futures, we're trending 60 to $1.60 higher, 60 to $1.57 better in feeder cattle. Lean hog futures are 42 to $1.10 higher. For the grains and soybean futures, Fractional changes. November closed slightly lower yesterday, trading within a recent minor consolidation band. On the upside, November beans see resistance at 851 and a half, supports around 826 and a quarter. December corn breached key support yesterday from the mid-July low at 350 and a quarter on an intraday basis. We did not close below that level though, hovering near it in this Friday trade activity. Light pre-weekend profit-taking could support two-way trade as the session wears on. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow up 12 points, NASDAQ up 5, S&P up a fraction, October crude down 47 cents a barrel. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Lots to talk about with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. Arlen, thanks for being with us. Uh, first of all, the numbers this week from USDA. What stood out to you? Well, obviously, that big uh, big corn yield. Uh, I think the trade is feeling pretty comfortable. This is probably a 177 or 178 crop. Uh, our client survey had said it was in the upper 177 range. Uh, I think there was a real sense that uh, this crop was fairly well known, and then USDA blew those expectations out of the water. A soybean crop we still see is is getting bigger. This is just on the march toward something north of 53, we believe. Uh, so no real surprises there, but uh, the corn was a big surprise. Okay, we kind of step back and try to look at the big picture, the world, the global picture. Is there still a bullish scenario long-term for corn in your mind? 
Uh, there is. Now, this pushes it back a little bit more, but uh, when we look at global stocks as a whole, the big stocks are in the United States and China, and China stocks, while bigger than USDA currently presents them, are going down at a rather fast pace. And so once those stocks are used up, then they're going to need to go to the world market in order to get their corn. So we look then to the United States and the rest of the world. United States have ending stocks. I think USDA is probably overinflating demand a little bit. So I'm going to say current projected ending stocks with this yield, if verified, would be around $2 billion, basically equal to last year. We've had three back-to-back-to-back record yields, and we're simply still maintaining stocks. We're not building stocks. Uh, And $1.5 billion is kind of seen as the minimum level. We can't see them drop below that. So that's not a lot of comfort. You look at the rest of the world outside of China and the United States, we're looking at a 37-day supply. That's pretty much a just-in-time supply. So while we're adequately supplied right now, uh, in particularly in the United States, all it would take is one significant weather event in a major producing area of the world, and this market could be explosive. But even without that, the day of reckoning is coming down. It depends on what the size of China's stocks really are. We think it'll probably be sometime in the next year, year and a half, when we're going to have to have more corn in the world. But on the bean side, harder to paint a bullish picture unless, I guess, China and the U.S. all of a sudden strike a big deal and they start buying, buying, buying. But other than that, uh, where do we see any bullish news on the bean side? Exactly right. That's a short-term and a long-term scenario. The short-term scenario, we get a trade deal, I still argue, sometime in November or December. When it becomes apparent that's going to happen, you look at our prices anywhere from 220 to 230 per bushel, less than Brazil. Um, you're going to have a feeding frenzy that raises prices, but you also have a big crop that has to be sold by the farmer. So you get a lot of volatility, a lot of opportunities for the farmers, but then it kind of withers again, I think. Uh, exports go up, but it pulls ending stocks down to maybe a seven in handle in the front of them. Um, that's still not really bullish. We're looking for a good growing season in South America right now based on the latest analogs. Uh, so it's tough to build a long-term bullish scenario for soybeans, particularly with African swine fever getting a foothold now in China and this morning's news in Europe as well. And we're talking with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. Arlen, I have to admit, I'm just kind of, I'm so curious, fascinated uh, to see just how big this soybean crop may be. Now, not obviously not good for markets, but just from a production standpoint, just to see how big this thing might turn out to be. Exactly right. Now, when I look at the USDA data, I was a little bit surprised uh, that their pod count data wasn't a, a little bit higher. Um, they did have pretty high pod weights, and I think that as we get into the October data, we'll probably see pod weights come down a little bit and pod counts go a little bit higher. Our clients are telling us it's a 53.8 bushel crop. Very impressive. I think part of it was because the very warm June fooled the plants into uh, starting the reproductive cycle early, so we had a longer period of pod setting. A lot of pods there. They filled very well, and it's uh, just been a fantastic growing season for the soybean crop. And coming in, you know, that's in a year where we've already planted a lot more soybean acres. 
Yeah, exactly right. Now, the market's job right now then is to discourage soybean production. We're already looking because of currency exchange rates and because of the tariff war. China, excuse me, Brazil increasing probably two to two and a half percent. It would have been closer to five percent, but their high truck freight rates have really cooled that, that enthusiasm down somewhat. Um, but here in the United States, the job of the market is just to discourage soybeans and to shift that acreage over to corn for next year. Yeah, you read my mind. That's right where I was going. Uh, looking already, I know we're just getting into harvest this year, but we're looking to next year. And uh, what are the market signals going to be? You think it'll be more to corn than soybeans next year? At this point, I'm looking for a 5 to 7 million acre shift from soybeans to corn. Obviously, there's a lot that can happen between now and then to change that. But I think that's the way things are drifting at this point. What about the market impact of the hurricane as we wait to see how much damage uh, is done as we go through this weekend? Again, our thoughts and prayers with all those that are in the path of the storm. Uh, What do you see as uh, ramifications from this from an agricultural standpoint? Agriculturally, I look at the cotton crop, um, particularly as we go down in the Georgia, some high concentration production there, but also in the Carolinas and Virginia, there's some cotton. We're probably about 45% of the bowls are open. Um, I think that's where we see the largest potential losses on the crop side. Obviously, those who produce corn and soybeans there are not too happy either, and it's certainly negatively impacting them, but they have such a small percent of the national crop that the market's really not going to care. Near close in there, though, it does create some uh, a tighter stock situation, probably pushing basis up later in the year in that region and drawing a little bit more corn and soybeans from other areas. Um, the real impact, though, on the meat supply, of course, the world's largest uh, slaughterhouse for pork is there. Um, so I think that's, here again, that comes down to how bad is the damage, how long does it take to get the workers back into the region and to get the plant back operational once again. Yeah, we'll know a lot more next week, obviously. I want to switch to the wheat market. Uh, some moisture in the wheat growing areas. Uh, that's always uh, encouraging when the wheat's being planted. What do, you, what do you see in this wheat market? Certainly we're seeing some great moisture in the U.S. winter wheat belt, so it's looking good for expanding our client surveys, showing 5 to 10% increases in the area planted this year. Uh, something we don't need is more wheat, but the strong carries in the market certainly encouraging it when you look at July prices. Um, elsewhere in the world, we're seeing a lot of dryness. Certainly, we saw USDA come closer to our estimates in Australia. I think they need to come down another metric ton there. We're seeing dryness in Argentina. Uh, we're dry in Brazil, but that we've seen some relief there. Europe, about a third of Europe's winter wheat belt is excessively dry as they try to establish the crop. Uh, more significantly, the Black Sea has been very dry, and they really need to get the crop established by the end of September there. Uh, If October stays mild, maybe they can get a couple weeks out of October, but that's risky. Some showers will provide light relief in some areas here next week, but then the 6 to 15 day really dries out once again. That could be the next potential for this wheat market if, in fact, they do not get the crop established. That's where they see the poor crops in the Black Sea region is where it doesn't get established and they have a harsh winter. 
okay, Arlen, I see you as a as an artist. You have your paint and your brush, and uh, you have the canvas. So you you've painted what could be a, a bullish corn picture long term, a not not a bullish picture for soybeans, and maybe a bullish picture for wheat then. I think wheat has a stronger export campaign in the second half of the marking year. I don't think we're going to run out of wheat, but once the Black Sea starts to tighten up exportable supplies, that allows the world market to drift higher. And as that happens, that also kind of takes the lid off of the corn market as well. And the wild cards here, of course, what happens with trade? Uh, does Canada come into the back into the fold with NAFTA? What's happening with the EU? Some talk still happening with China. So a lot of things still hanging out there. And the bottom line is, as you said, that is that is the key right now. And the funds were talking commodity inflation before the trade war ramped up in mid-May. Then it went into demand destruction, so they started shorting the commodity complex. Now it's kind of going sideways because they're starting to get some optimism. we got a trade deal with Mexico. We're close on Canada. And so they think if we can get this settled with China, then maybe we can see a healthier global economy and maybe buy the commodities once again and that does impact not just the futures market but their impression of commodity sector impacts the cash market as well had an analyst yesterday say if if we got a deal done with china it could be an immediate 50 to 75 cent boost in prices do you see that with soybeans i think it's all a timing thing but yes on soybeans for sure and i think it'd be a significant one for corn as well i get a lot of people in the industry as well as fund managers asking me when's the time to buy corn that's more of a long-term play for them and it's just a matter of changing the sentiment and i think that alters the money flow and the perception of the value of commodities wow a lot of moving parts to all this arlen as always thanks have a good weekend thank you mike you too Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. Well, with the uh, the hurricane hitting uh, in uh, down in the Carolinas and Virginia and that part of the country, meanwhile in the Midwest, uh, some ideal harvest weather, and the combines are really starting to roll. We're going to check in with Chad Colby with Colby Ag Tech in central Illinois, get an update on how harvest is going in that key producing area. That's coming up next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heart for a mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? 
because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over five million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538. Immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system, that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day. You simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. 
Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, for those of you who watched the TV show This Week in Agribusiness, brace yourselves for this weekend show. It's going to be me and Chad Colby from Colby Ag Tech and Central Illinois Ag hosting the show. I hope we didn't mess it up too much for Max and Orion, Chad. <laughs> I don't think we did. I think uh, I think it turned out very good. You did a great job. And uh, honest to goodness, Mike, I'm sitting here at a Steiger road track pulling a Kinsey auger cart, unloading on the gullers right now in uh, central Illinois over by Milford. Yeah, well, I know driving back uh, through central Illinois yesterday, I saw more and more combines starting to go. So right there in that central Illinois area, what kind of yields are you hearing so far? You know, it's really been all over the board. Um, I've heard some struggling crops on some continuous corn in that 150, 180 bushel range. And uh, obviously there's been some plot data out this week for some plots that have shown some yields up there in that 300 bushel range. The silver in here. You know, if I was guessing, I'm not in the combine right now, but I would say it's in the you know mid 200s moisture. I think around 23 percent. So uh, you know, guys are really just getting started. Like you said, um, I think first of the week is when it's really going to get going. Yeah, uh, I saw a few beans uh, being cut. Uh, many beans out in your area? Yeah, more beans right now. I would say you're starting to go to corn. I think people with uh, commodity prices the way they are, are having a little bit of patience with. Uh, with uh, their corn, letting it sit in the field a little bit and dry down just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, some beans have started. I was uh, at a meeting last night, actually, with Greg Sillier and the guys uh, uh, near Guilford, Illinois, and I stopped and talked to a farmer there who just got started in uh, the first field of soybeans, and they were pretty good. They were north of 70 bushel acre. He was pretty happy with that. So, uh, you know, just, just things are really just getting started. Isn't that, though, the big question, just how big this soybean crop could be? Yeah, I agree with you. You and I visited about it yesterday. I I think the soybeans got some, some pretty interesting upticks. The thing we're noticing in the cornfields right now, which is a little surprising, is the the good areas of your farms are really better than what you anticipate. Those areas have really come to life, and uh, I think soybeans are going to be the same way. Now, you do a lot of flying. Uh, you said you've seen some areas. You can tell some areas that aren't going to be as good just flying over them. Yeah, there's no question. There's um, there's definitely some challenges. The down corn, um, where we've had some sporadic wind damage, especially with that variable weather we had this year. There's definitely some growers you're going to talk to that, that are going to have some challenges this fall. A good friend of mine kind of in that southwestern part of Bureau County, Interstate 80, kind of across Illinois there. I know he's got 250 acres. That's uh, really going to be an ugly harvest experience. But I think we're uh, we're going to have some of that in Iowa as well. I've um, been traveling across Iowa here the last couple weeks at farm shows and otherwise. And um, there's definitely some areas that uh, are going to be impacted from down crops, that's for sure. As you mentioned, it'll, next week they'll really get into it. And at, and really looking at it with the price being what it is and the weather the way it is right now, you know, a lot of them I'm sure just saying, let's let it dry down some more. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. I mean, that, you know, to me, the way I was brought up, that that pivotal point seems to be around 22% down to 18. That seems to be the optimum time. And we got a few guys, a couple of my buddies got started here the last couple of days. You know, they've got their own dryer, drying facilities. And, you know, obviously they're always a little anxious to get the first corn in the bin and start the process of getting dryers running and all that. A lot of that's going on right now, getting fields opened up and 
<laughs> one fellow I talked to this morning, Mike, said, yeah, we haven't done much. We cut four or five acres around the barnyard, so we had a place to park trucks and, and set augers up to bends and those kind of things. And uh, I think you had seven days of the calendar. Harvest will be definitely in full swing here across the I-States. And I'm wondering about storage. Uh, this could uh, put a real strain on our storage capacity, couldn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a secret that there's still a lot of old crop out there. Um, a lot of the outside storage places even are, are still full now from last year. So, you know, certainly places are going to have some challenges. I think, um, what did I hear last night at a meeting that up in North Dakota, they weren't even taking some bids yet this last week for soybeans right now just because of that. So I think there's going to be some challenges here. But it's like every other year, you know, farmers will adapt, we'll figure it out. And I think uh, a lot of producers are starting to to get in the field and kind of want to get some of this uh, behind them because we know it's going to be a long harvest, that's for sure. Well, next week is National Farm Safety Week, uh, 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 an important reminder that, and you and I talk a lot about this on uh, this week's uh, TV show, uh, be careful, and this is for everyone, whether you're a farmer or not, just anyone that's going to be out on those roads, uh, hey, this is a busy time, let's all work together and be careful. I could tell you, um, two nights ago, I had to take a combine for a customer about two hours, actually, and it just was a real vivid reminder to me, and I've been doing this my whole life, of all the uh, shenanigans that people were doing on the roads, just, you know, not accustomed to, uh, you know, being around slow-moving equipment again, and um, and I, I agree with you 100%. I can't stress that to you, that, you know, pay attention, you see equipment, you know it's going slower. Um, you know, you can go, you can add a couple minutes to your trip. It's going to be okay. And, you know, to our farmers listening, you know, spend a couple minutes each morning and uh, walk around your equipment. Man, and for those of you with drying systems and all the complicated things that we have on our farms today, make sure, especially if you got some experience, inexperienced help, that you're talking about being safe around this equipment. Uh, it's inevitable. We always have the most uh, farm accidents during harvest season just because, but he works long hours, Mike, and uh, that's when those accidents happen. So please do your diligence and be real safe this fall. I can't. Uh, I agree with you. Can't stress that enough. Yeah, please, everyone, be careful. All right, Chad, we'll stay in touch and get some more harvest updates as more numbers come in, and uh, we'll also talk some uh, ag tech as well, okay? That sounds great. Everybody have a safe harvest, and if you ever got any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to Mike and I, and we'll be happy to give you guys uh, some direction and help point you in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you in touch with the people that really have the answers, right? <laughs> hey, there you go. That's what we do, right? <laughs> That's right. Take care, Chad. All right. Have a great day. You too. Chad Colby with Colby Ag Tech in Central Illinois Ag, Atlanta, Illinois. It's near Bloomington, Central Illinois. All right. That's going to wrap it up for today and for the week. Coming up on Monday, the latest on the weather, what's uh, going on with the farm bill, uh, we'll talk about this push by the biofuels industry trying to get the, the administration to grant year-round E15 sales. And we've had some explanation uh, from USDA on how the formula they use to come up with the ag assistance package. And we're going to get some reaction to that as well. So all that coming up on Monday. In the meantime, please have a safe weekend. Thanks for joining us here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. <music> 